0: The small car class in the Australian market, which is not actually small cars, a more small medium might be a better description, nonetheless, it is the biggest selling category in our market, but it's in some difficulties with particularly SUV sales uh, tugging at it. In fact, the overall small car market is down. So far this year, the biggest seller is the Hyundai i30, followed by the Toyota Corolla and then the Mazda 3. Actually, Hyundai would be even more in front, except it separately classifies its hatch as the i30, but its sedan, the Elantra, as another vehicle altogether. The i30 hatch actually outsells its Elantra brother by over 12 to 1. The Elantra starts at $21,500 plus on roads, which is about $500 more than the lowest priced hatch, i30 hatch, but it has a bigger engine. Now, Brent Davison and I have been driving the car, and he joins me on the line to talk about it. Uh, Brent, this part of the market, it is big, but it is suffering in the sales.
1: Yeah, David, um, it it is a little bit... Well, I was going to say it is a little bit... It is, but it is a little bit confusing too, because as you say, the hatchback variants are, are bubbling along fairly nicely, but when it comes to the sedans, it all seems to get too hard and, and people tend to move away from that. And, and yet we are being offered some, some very good little choices here, uh, well, some not so little it gets confusing in the fact that Hyundai has a name for one and a different name from the other. For, for the other just, just confuses it more.
0: Yeah, and Corolla has both all under the one heading and so it sells. But for example, the Hyundai Lantra sells about, so far this year, about 3,000 cars, that's up to July. The i30 is 25,000 cars, yep. so it's much bigger.
1: We've seen Hyundai do a bit of price farming on, uh, on, on i30 to make it basically Australia's most popular small car, or Australia's most popular car there for a while. And uh, they didn't apply that to the Elantra, so obviously they're happy with the way Elantra is going. The other thing I think too is that I-30, or or small hatchbacks in general, have a, a far greater versatility factor than the sedans, even though the sedans like the Elantra have a folding back seat and they can fit, copious amounts of stuff in them, you know, and and they're nice to drive and all that sort of thing. So I think uh, what we're looking at is is a market sector that appeals to a younger buyer and a younger buyer wants versatility.
0: Yeah, it's not as if that they're ugly or that. I mean, the Elantra has a sloping fastback sort of look, a lovely low bonnet. When they drove one up and I was about to test it, I, I thought I looked at that and thought, yeah, that is really quite an elegant car. Now, you're quite right, it's possibly a little bit longer in the tail than a hatchback, so there's some room there, but not the sort of station wagon hatchback room that you would normally get. So all in all, it's not as if it's, one of those ugly old boxy cars that we used to associate with sedans in the past
1: exactly it's a, it, it is a stylish thing it, it it grabs uh and uses hyundai's latest um styling language well they call it fluidic sculpture two or something <laughs> whatever name you want to give it it is it is a nice flowing design and look the thing that grabbed me with the elantra is that we call it a small car, but it ain't. I mean, small cars stopped being small cars quite a while ago. This thing's nearly 4.6 metres long. It's a, a, a big small car. Um, we're talking about a car that has a boot of about 460 litres. I mean, it, it has a boot to match a Holden Commodore. Yeah. We don't have small cars anymore, not unless you go into the micro or the, the, the light class. Then you, then you start to find small cars. It's all a bit crazy.
0: As I said, a small-medium might be a better description certainly of that category. I remember asking the people from Vfax as to why we still call them small cars, and uh, I think change was just too hard. I think uh, they've just left it at that, but still. Uh, By the way, the style, the only thing is the sloping rear roof just cramps the rear headroom for the people in the back a little bit, but you would have found plenty of room in the car, as you say. It's not small by any means.
1: I love the fact that the car felt extremely open and airy inside. I'd driven a, a, a rival small car a little, a, a, a couple of weeks earlier which had a tall centre console that was quite, you know, it had black interior and a grey headlining. It felt closed in and quite claustrophobic whereas the Elantra They'd done some good stuff with the colour scheme. It had a, a light and dark colour scheme, for example. The centre console was nicely low. The, the dash panel was even pushed back towards the windscreen, so it didn't sort of monster you. It felt nice, open, airy, roomy is the word we're after. And, and seriously, I set the, the driver's seat for myself. Then I jumped in the back behind where I would sit and me at 180, 384 centimetres, I could still be comfortable in that car for you know, maybe not a long distance, maybe an hour. I could sit in the back while someone drove to the shops, so I'd be I'd be good.
0: It's not a rocket performer. In some ways, it's a conservative car in its performance and, and the handling of that. I mean, it's not bad, perhaps a little soft. It's something more than a new, stylish-looking, up-to-date Magna, but it, it's my wife felt it was really in that class of almost the the quiet, conservative person, which, of course, is quite opposite from a hatchback.
1: And this is what I was saying, saying earlier. We, we We tend to think of the hatchback as being for a younger buyer demographic, whereas the sedan has... And I look, please don't anybody get insulted when I say this, but it looks like it should have a couple of white bowls hats on the back shelf. You know, it, it, it has that that conservative feel to it. It doesn't have a conservative feel from the engine. It's 112 kilowatts, the two litre, uh, 192 newton meters, and the six-speed automatic transmission in the Elite model that I drove. No complaints at all. So it does a nice mixture of things, but I guess the point here is you're never going to see one with a with racks and a surfboard on, on top, whereas <laughs> you will with the, with the i30 hatchback.
0: But uh, you know, then again, uh, as I say, it might sort of be magna ish in its appeal, but actually its looks and uh, its technology is uh, pretty good. I did drive a small SUV after the Elantra, and I felt it was just a little harsh compared to it, but perhaps, and I think you and I have discussed my Preferences in cars. Perhaps I'm getting a bit soft along the way. Still, the Elantra two models. You were saying the Active and the Elite.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And and we have a a price like it's they spread it nicely. The Active has a six-speed manual and a six-speed automatic available, and the Elite is a is a six-speed automatic only. And then the pricing goes from say call it twenty-one and a half up to twenty-six and a half. So we have a nice model and price spread there. Compact range. But but good choice, good sensible choices.
0: Active has uh, obviously air conditioning, cloth seats, uh, dust sensing headlights, heat and mirrors, usual sort of stuff, and cruise control, of course. Uh, the Elite going up to the one, dual zone climate control, which I find rather good. My wife likes a cooler car than, than I do. Uh, leather
1: seats. Well, we're talking about the old Korean thing of putting a lot of equipment in a car for not that much money. I read through the specifications of the basic version thinking, you know, I could be very happy with that. There is nothing in there that that was going to make me say, gee, I wish that was better. And you're right, the dual zone climate control area is a nice thing, but tell you what, I could live without it. Just give me regular air. I'll be happy, but and and I can save money.
0: <laughs> As you say, you're saving about uh, 5000 dollars uh, $5, uh, yeah. along yeah. the way. Nice big seven inch touch screen with all the connectivity that you would expect.
1: It's all there. It, it's you. You come back to the thing and you think, you know. 30 years ago, you would have had to have bought, or even 25 years ago, you would have had to have bought something up in the Mercedes-Benz level or a, a Holden Caprice or a Ford LTD, ultra-luxury cars, to, have, to be getting the same thing that you can now have in an Elantra and, and cars of its ilk. It, it's quite crazy.
0: So in summary then, I, I think actually the style and appeal of some of the sedans that are around now has come a long way. And I think they possibly deserve uh, more consideration than perhaps the market is giving them at the moment. It will never be a, a total dominance, but uh, you, you would think that still it might be a nice way to go?
1: I do, and I think part of the problem is that um, there, there are buyers out there who still will not deign to look at um, cars from Korea. And and some some still don't even like to look at cars from Japan, which is, I mean, these folks are not doing themselves any favours by ignoring that sector of the market, because if they did have a look, they might find something that they find really, really appealing.
0: Great value for money, good quality. They are the features that I think uh, should appeal to people rather than necessarily where they just happen to come from. Brent, always lovely to talk to you. I appreciate it greatly. Thanks very much for your time.
1: David, always my pleasure.